Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Australia podcast, where we will be bringing together the best technical leaders from across the industry to discuss passions, challenges, and ideas. I'm Lewis Burks, and I connect businesses with talented contractors in the project services market, and I will be your host today. Welcome to the latest episode of the Evolution Exchange Australia podcast. We're bringing together the best technical leaders from across Australia to discuss industry passions, challenges, and ideas. I'm Lewis Burks, and as well as being your host today, I connect businesses with talented contractors in the project services market. And today, I'm very excited to be joined by Sheena Peters, Vincent Dempsey, and Nabaran Nandi to discuss a topic that feels incredibly relevant and something I speak to almost all my customers about on a daily basis, transformation, and specifically what it takes to leave lasting and meaningful transformation in an organization. Before we dive into today's topic, let's work our way around the room, make some introductions. Uh, Sheena, do you want to kick us off and introduce yourself? Lois, I knew you'd pick me first. <laughs> so, um, hi everyone. Hi, Lois. Thank you for having me today. So, I am Sheena Peters, as Lois has called out. Um, my role today, I am the GM of Product and Development at um, CSU Health Group, which is a uh, digital health innovator. Um, who recently partnered with um, West Farmers Health. So it's an exciting time as we scale um, what is an incredible product um, into market, um, providing access to, you know, health checks for everyone in Australia and then using and leveraging really critical data to create preventative health outcomes. Thank you, Sheena. Um, Vincent, do you want to go next? Yeah, good morning, everybody. Um, thanks for having me again, uh, Lewis. Uh, my name is, uh, you call me Vincent, but let's call me Vinny because it's probably uh, less formal, but uh, Vincent when I'm in trouble. So yeah, I'm uh, the head of delivery transformation at Bank of Queensland Group. Um, so obviously we're a bank, um, so it's pretty easy to tell what we do. Um, people may be more familiar with some of the brands that we sit within the group. So we've got Bank of Queensland itself, We've got uh, MeBank um, and we've also got uh, Virgin Money uh, as well. So there's quite a few well-known retail brands that sit within that world. So um, the bank is on a fairly big transformation around moving towards a digital bank and all that goes with that um, technology and ways of working. And my role within the bank is really trying to help the bank to transition around those ways of working and technology shifts that need to happen. Today, I'm going to be talking in general terms, though, not specifically about Bank of Queensland. Um, so I'll be talking about multiple roles um, uh, that I've had over the last couple of years. So um, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. No, thank you. It's my pleasure. And I'm glad you called me early on uh, what to call you, because I naturally call you Vinny and for some reason went straight to Vincent when I came to introduce you on this. So, um, And probably the same thing uh, with Nandi. I always call you Nandi. I never call you Nabarin. So if that's OK with you, uh, Nandi, I'll throw it to you for an introduction as well. Um, thanks, Lewis, and um, thank you for, again, um, inviting me. And uh, Nandi's just fine. Um, I like to say that uh, Nabarun is my first name, but everybody calls me Nandi except two people in the world. One is my dad, and the other one is my wife when she's really, really upset. So unless and until you are upset with me, stick to Nandi. I'm happy with that. Okay. Uh, look, um, I, I echo with what Sheena and Vinny just mentioned. Um I work now as part of uh, Pickles Auction uh, as the head of delivery for the digital transformation. Uh, but I've had uh, lots of uh, interesting roles across uh, Australia, across you know the world. Uh, kind of a cliche, but uh, kind of traveled a lot. Uh, didn't like to stick in one place for too long a time. And that led me to lots of different companies, um, technology companies, uh, companies where, um, you know, we create new innovative technology products um, to uh, business processes, to um, banking, uh, you know, a different uh, stream of work that I've done. Um, what is um, uh, the most passionate of my roles would be in transformation, you know. And that's the reason I've always gone back to places where uh, we can, uh, you know, uh, lead transformation, um, bring about change. Transformation is nothing but change in, uh, in the workplace and how effective, how easy you can make so that it can stick. Uh, and I would also, like Vinny mentioned, would draw lots of examples from all my 
a couple of decades worth of experience though i don't look that old but i have that much of experience i hide it well uh, um, you know a little below the third chin that i have the age that i have so yeah i'm i'm excited um i i want to reach out and understand how uh, sheena and vinny um uh, you know um tackles these issues how they go about making a holistic change and in the end you know uh, how do they have fun yeah. this is all about having fun so how do they have fun yeah that's my philosophy No, I really appreciate the introductions there guys. Obviously good to get some uh, some context as to the backgrounds for each of you. Um so as as we dive into today's topics, each of you has pro- previously shared a question or a topic with the group that you're keen to discuss. Um so I'll kick it off with um you know each of the questions and then if you want to provide some context around the question that you provided. Um some I guess are, are quite wide in terms of the the approach they take and how they look at uh, transformation and then some are quite specific of how do you achieve successful elements within that but um I'm actually going to kick off with your question first of all Nandi because I think it's probably the uh probably the widest one and gives us a real platform to build from in our conversation here today so um the question you have posed is where do you start transformation top down or bottom up approach so do you want to provide some context as to why you asked this question yeah um i'm i would provide some context and probably towards the end once i've had uh uh sheena and vinny's ideas i'll probably wrap it up with some revelations from my side as well being in this place okay so you know a lot of times we've seen uh that an organization wants to try transformation and sometimes they don't know why they want transformation you know no oh, this is not working let's transform okay or um we need to deliver faster so let's transform so that word is very overused in our industry now it's kind of abused now transformation okay and uh so that's one part of uh, the problem that we have how do we do transformation but the second is how do we approach transformation in the sense um do we start with the leaders at the top to get leadership buying do we start at the bottom uh you know create small pods uh evidences of that this is what we would do as part of transformation give them proofs uh, uh you know uh, of business value being provided and then scale it up or you know how do you uh bring both of them together i have got my views i want to hear uh you know well everybody's got their views and probably uh my wife would tell you for the last 20 years i have always been right about my views which she doesn't agree but i want to hear your views as well yeah perfect thank you for that and i'll um, i'll throw it to you first vinny keen to get your uh, your thought on this yeah um so i feel like i'm always right as well nandy but uh, i'm told differently on a daily basis uh so yeah this is an interesting one that i've had actually spoken about a few times um on this topic um So top down or bottom up um I've done both um and I have to say none of them are perfect but I would choose one in particular and I'll explain the sort of the background to that so um across a couple of in also within the banking world um I've uh, been a part of bottom up and top down so I'll talk about the bottom up first uh, and for me um it does serve a purpose sometimes so it's not my preferred method but sometimes you have to start that way um and sometimes it gives an organization learning in order to go further but the problem is sometimes it doesn't go further and that's that's the big challenge so at a telco that I worked at in the past um we took the approach of bottom up around transforming the way the digital um operations within the the, the telco operated or are d- delivered and we looked at how do we react to market more fast how do we change our, our ways of working introduce agility introduce um um upskilling of our people introduce uh, tech stack changes that are required to make that happen and the reason we don't have a steam was um the um we didn't tackle the systemic blockers that exist within the rest of the organization that would stop you from getting there and that the top down sales job or support wasn't there. So as we got to the point where we started hitting uh systems like core systems like most people know within telcos and banks they have these monolithic awful core platforms that 
tend to be not easy to work with. Once we hit that, we slowed down. Um, we also uh, had um, a lack of buy-in from some of the technology leadership that this was the most cost-effective way to deliver. I, I use the word cost-effective because it can mean many things. I mean, value is more important sometimes. Value can encompass cost-effectivity, uh, uh, cost-effectiveness as, as, as well. Um, so yeah, that was a, that was a difficult journey, um, and it actually demoralized people towards the end because we had made so much progress, and it got unpicked after that. So that's one of the challenges that I've seen. I've done a complete top-down, big bang, all of organization, CEO, CTO led in a in a UK bank, uh, one of the large high street banks in the UK, and that was amazing because the momentum was huge, but. Um, this was a big bank. It was like 100,000 people in the bank and 20,000 people in IT. So a lot of people to transform and they did it all at once. And one positive was that they shifted to a value stream model. They shifted their engineering functions around delivery to those value streams. They went with a co-located model, which was very disruptive because we people who have been working in Manchester and Leeds and Liverpool and London on mainframe systems for 20 years suddenly weren't allowed to work on them anymore because that was centralized in London, all this sort of stuff. But the positive of it was that it sort of, in a, in a way, burned bridges you couldn't go back to unpick that, um, uh, uh, that sort of step forward. The negative was that um, it was so disruptive and it was so widespread that it actually disrupted delivery. So it meant that we weren't as effective as we could have been, um, and people were very unsettled. It was very difficult for people to deal with that change. Um, so the one that I probably prefer most, and what we're doing in the current place I work, is we've gone top-down, as in we have full support from the exec around changing ways of working and engineering transformation to support that, including the comms that goes around that, but we picked a pilot. So we went with a, a pilot, and we went with that with a reasonably sized number of people in the hundreds, um, and then we made that work. And then it leads on to another topic that will come later about building trust in the model and then also uh, allowing that to become your platform for um, showing value being delivered. And that's probably the, the way that I would approach it most. So top-down support definitely needed. Don't do bottom-up. But big bang, I would question if that's uh, an effective way to go. So that's that's sort of my view of the world. Yeah, great. It's an awesome experience to be able to draw on there to, to talk about kind of the benefits and the drawbacks of both. Um, Shano, I can see you're absolutely chomping at the bit here to <laughs> uh, to give your views and opinions. So please go ahead. I lost my mic for a minute. <laughs> um, look, I um, I love this topic. I would have to say, and Vinny and um, Nandi, I do concur with you know the background and the contact that you've set. I want to change tack just a little bit, so just come with me on the journey, right? So I, every way people choose to go. And one of those is that it's important for people to understand the why. Why are we doing this, right? Um, whether you are doing it in a small scale or a large scale, whether you're looking at sizing and working it through bottom up, ultimately the story, the scene setting has to be there. Um, so for me, you know, why are we doing this, right? What is the strategy and the goal that this is looking to drive? So that, and the next one for me is the what. What's the value? What outcome is this going to offer? What value proposition does this drive for my business, my customer, my people? Um, and then the last one for me is then the how, right? So I think often what happens is we start with maybe the how or we might have the what. Um, and, and often you know, and then we may have the why. Um, but what we know is that collectively, when we bring those things together, we can connect, whether it's a technical person, a business person to that story. And often we know that when we can connect people to why we're doing it and what value it's driving, there's a greater degree of success, right? Because um, often, you know, we all, as Vinny called out, we have these roles that we play in our individual areas. Um, and so understanding what my bit and the importance of my bit and how that contributes to the why and the what is actually quite important because then it helps those things of sizing, estimation, you know, prioritization, all of the things where we end up finding um, a friction and failure, right? So for me and the how, 
Um, I have an architecture background, so I'm a little bit biased to architecture. I th I see architecture as a bit of a scene setting, right? So often transformations are quite long journeys and they have pivots along the way. And we have to cater for those because business changes, right? Gone are the days where we could sort of go, hey, we're going to go away for three years and build this thing and come back and ta-da, here it is, right? Because we know how much change occurs over three, over over a year, over two years, over three years. So we have to be prepared to pivot. And I think one of the interesting things about architecture is it kind of sets that theme and then it helps us understand if we pivot, what is the consequence and the impact um, and how can we pivot? So I'm going to talk about this in the context of a puzzle. So I don't know about what everyone was doing in COVID, but suddenly we decided doing puzzles was a really interesting and exciting thing to do as a family. Um, and, you know, online you could get those puzzles of Bondi Beach, which you could turn into posters. Of course, we lost one piece, so our poster doesn't look so great. Um, if you have to really. And um, so, you know, you've got this beautiful picture of Bondi Beach or you know, one of those incredible scenes, right? And and the scene has been set for you on the box. But if it's a thousand piece puzzle, I don't know if anyone's tackled them, the bits are really tiny. So when you actually look at the picture and then you go away and you start to put the bits together, actually, you know, everyone applies. I realized my observation was different parts. Of, so we had it on the dining room table and during breaks, you know, different members of the family would come and add their beat, you know, and go off and do classes or whatever people were doing, meetings, and then they'd come back. And what I noticed is that over the course of a week or however long it took us, people were applying different strategies, right? So they'd come along and they'd apply a strategy and figure out that's not working. So they'd try something else or start in a different area. But but the picture was set, yeah? Whichever way you went, that scene was set. So for me, I think, if I think about bottom up or top down, one, giving people a view and a setting of what we're trying to aim for really helps whichever mechanism you use. My preference is to go a little bit top down, but not so top down that it's too high level that people can't anchor themselves to it. But if it is that high level, then you've got to break it down to a level where people can attach themselves to the story, right? Um, and sometimes that means that you've got to bring the bottom a little bit higher up to the top, right? To bring them and connect them in the middle. And for me, that... That intersection is people. I think what happens is that we bring, if we're starting top down, we often bring the people who are ultimately going to be playing the role too late in the piece, right? Immersing them early gives us real insights on whether the assumptions we are making make sense. Um, if we're going bottom up, bringing the top down closer to that story to set the scene and to understand the what and the why becomes really critical. So for me, those are the things that I would anchor to. Yeah, look, I, I love that. And there's clearly a there's clearly a passion in that particular space where you're kind of given and we'll get onto this in a minute, then the question um the question that you've posed probably ties in quite well with what you've said as well. Um and actually, Nandi, something you said earlier as well probably ties into this as well. You said earlier the word transformation often gets kind of abused in the industry these days. Um and I think that's right, because you talk about transformation generally as like a multi-year thing. I think every time an organization goes through any kind of change at the moment, uh, you know, if, even if it's kind of a, a reorg that takes two months, it's referred to as a transformation. Um, so often, you know, when you hear transformation in the current market, it, it's a, a short-term change rather than a major transformation. But um, yeah, I think both of those things bring us on to the next question, which was uh, which was yours, Sheena, which is... Sorry, given the Lewis... Uh, Sorry, I, I just wanted to talk a little about the transformation piece myself. Please, sorry, um, go ahead. Um, I would try to keep it short, but I've been told that it's really challenging when I try to keep short. Uh, and it often becomes to uh, drag the conversation. But uh, because I posed the question, I would like to tie up uh, what I've heard and give my um my take as well so that you know sheena and Vinnie they understand why the question was posed okay so i've by the way uh Vinny and sheena i've just posted e-hugs to both of you i love both your responses uh and please acknowledge when you receive those e-hugs right now the most important thing for me is uh, a sustainable um thank you Vinny. thank you uh, a sustainable transformation okay um, I have now for the last few years uh, dropped the word transformation whenever I go into um, a transformation journey. I have always used the word evolution. 
okay it is evolution right at the you know we were we used to back in the 1800s drive a steam engine okay uh used to take us probably from here to melbourne two days now we uh, can go in a really really fast train um what two hours three hours four hours what i'm saying is it's evolution but in another way if we change the word evolution to transformation it still sticks right so because the word transformation is so overused and there's a built-in resistance um what's in a name just drop the name and let's go about okay um i also love uh small things you know um oftentimes we miss out on the small things in life and not appreciate them start small in an organization that's what wherever you start top bottom middle wherever start small scale up uh shina you mentioned a very nice thing value drives value it's just like money drives money right you make the first set of bucks invest nicely strategically properly make more and then you build an empire and then you become a millionaire like me i'm sorry that was uh that was slightly misguided but yeah i mean you know that's how it goes so um start small i personally have seen you know implemented top down approach before bottom up approach before i'm now of the idea where since we are starting small start both at the top as well as the bottom and slowly kind of make that holy union of shaking hands okay what we need like you pointly you know you rightly mentioned the correct why what does the leaders uh you know want why do they want a transformation sometimes leaders um they have this unrealistic explain uh, you know expectations that i want a transformation i'll flick the switch tomorrow i'm transformed and i'm raking in the profits transformation is all about patience how patient you are you know you can't get the baby out in 3 weeks because you are keen baby still in 9 months okay otherwise something's wrong so i sometimes try to get a sponsor from the senior executive okay and then give a coach to that executive level who's managing their expectations okay uh you know have skin in the game have a coach to support their expectations and take them through the journey of transformation doesn't help if you've signed on the SW today let's go for a transformation and then end of the month you're saying is it done okay and at the same time start with a couple of pods at the bottom a tough one which people say now you can't actually transform them and uh, a medium a complex one to start with and show them the results and believe me um results are really really powerful intoxication you see results people start pulling it crazy you know i want that as well why am i not included part of that so start sowing seeds where the soil is good okay start small and uh you know take frequent stock of your expectations where you are because you know transformation is a journey you start today and you've got a target and you've got you know checkpoints you can say transitory states in between define those states celebrate uh when you arrive you know from here to melbourne there will be 25 stations in between and have plans of what you want to do in each of the stations and celebrate those across let the uh, organization know that you've achieved something which means yep this is working be more patient because good things are yet to come so i think it's a holistic approach um you know with the strategy or with the patience uh, and define steps as to where we want to go take the people through them constant talking to people you know encouraging them because it can be a little demanding you know um and you know it's like sowing uh, a seed for a rose plant uh, and for the first so many months all you are doing is keeping it in the sun and putting water seeing nothing lots of transformation actually dies out in the initial phases okay because of unrealistic expectation of you know what the outcomes would be wait for it let it start flowering and then it won't stop that's the whole idea of it thanks luis um sorry i had to uh, get in my word not often do i get a chance at home to get in my word right so yeah thank you
<laughs> no, that's mate, that's uh, that, that's my bad. I jumped the gun on that one, but really appreciate that summary. And I think there's there's a few things you said in there as well that you can just you can apply outside of work in 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 everyday life as well. That that kind of result strive enthusiasm type thing. I mean, it was a really good example. You know, I I, I play eleven aside football, soccer, depending on who's listening to this. Uh, <laughs> and there's a team that trains at the same ground as us at the same time as us on a Wednesday night. They've lost their last four games, and last night none of them were at training. Uh, if they'd won their last four games, they'd have probably had 15 people there at training, but it really is kind of one of those things. Um, and I think, yeah, as we kind of move into the second question, which was Sheena's question, I think, you know, inadvertently or whether it's deliberate from all three of you, you're kind of already setting the scene for this question because you've all talked about, um, you know, the how, the what, the why. Um, but Sheena's question was, given that transformations are often multi-year and incremental outcomes are critical, what is the role of the communication of the strategy of that transformation and how each increment or outcome contributes to the overall transformation and delivers value in that value drives value sense that we just um, that we just talked about? So, uh, Sheena, do you want to start us off again with some, some context around that? Oh, that was a long question, wasn't it? But I feel like, <laughs> by the way, I was going to say, did Vinny mention the word mainframe earlier? been a while since i've heard that word i did if you work in banking they still exist Cena. they still exist (laughs) um and uh, i'm old enough to remember them so (laughs) um okay so like i said yeah i guess i looked at this in the context of multi-year transformations they often are over the course of a year and i think nandy in some of his summary um touched on this um earlier in that you know because it is multi-year and you want to keep people connected to that story, right? Like um, that story of why are we doing this? What, why is this important? That that can easily get lost because often transformations are difficult. Yeah. And I love what Nandy said is that breaking it down into small incremental pieces um, and relentlessly, you know, driving them through, but then taking stock, you know, and, and having that moment of celebrating this was what we were aiming for. This was why. And here's that bit, that small bit that contributes to it. And then, you know, you're moving on to that next bit and that next bit. And I, I really, I think, Nandy, you've touched on where I was kind of going with this, which is one value drives value, right? The more we can demonstrate how the incremental components contribute to the bigger picture, the more we can motivate um, people on that journey, number one. And number two, organizations can't stop making money, right? And commercially driving value for themselves, for their customers, for their people. Yeah. So they still need to operate. So we can't expect a business to go away for a year and then and then we come back and say, ta-da, here it is, right? We've got to be able to show value, value that can be leveraged to support whatever that goal is, whether it's a goal for employee efficiency, whether it's a goal for operational excellence, whether it's a goal for, you know, member experience and member engagement, right? We have to be able to contribute to that goal over a, a journey. And I think that communication plays such a big role in keeping people committed and focused, but also demonstrating um, the outcomes, right? The successes along the way. So I think that was where the context um, of my question came from. Yeah, great. Perfect scene setter there, Sheena. <laughs> um, so Vinny, I'll, I'll throw it to you again here, mate. Um, you know, how do you see how do you see this element in the, in the communication around the strategy of transformation? Look, it's, it is very, very important. I think um, I probably am going to focus on the fact that it needs to be more than comms though so, so sometimes it's all comms and it's all about the message and it's all about this is where we're heading as an organization this is why we're heading there but the proof points back to Nandi's uh, comment before are just not there and there's a lot of skepticism like we you look at different people in different teams and you've got people who've worked in places for long times you've got people who've been on other transformations evolutions over that period as well, they've seen success, they've seen failures. So realistically for me, comms is really important to set the scene, the why, um, um, and the sort of what we're going to do, but the how is really practical outcomes that you can show. And I think the uh, f- for me, uh, that's the trick in getting that pull effect happening where other people want to go on that journey with you as well. Um, 
you sort of want, in my, in my view, uh, back to this sort of pilot or start small. I just wanted to go back on the topic for a second. The challenge with starting small, though, is sometimes you start too small. And then you don't have enough momentum behind you. So you've got to pick a scale that's reasonable, that allow, that pushes that bridge burning effect where you sort of can't go back because it's big enough, but it's also not too big that the whole thing falls apart, if you know what I mean, uh, as you as you go forward. Um, so what I think is really important is with those pilots or whatever size that is, that you have the people in those pilots talking about what the benefits are. So rather than a central comms and like EDMs or uh, posts coming out and whatever platform you use uh, from senior executives, um, you really want those people to be talking about those benefits. And sometimes that's the conversion that's needed for some of the sort of fence sitters as well, because they're like, they trust other people. Oh, I know Peter and Peter's a pretty good guy and he knows what he's doing and he seems to be all on board for this. So let's make that happen. So, um, so tangible examples of how they, what you're doing is changing the outcome for internal customers as well as the outcome for external customers um, um, as you go forward. Um, and really that for me, then then the, the role of comms becomes a, a, a multiplier basically from that point on. So you're then trying to get out, especially in large organizations, it's, a, it's difficult for the individual people to get their voice out without a coordinated comms strategy, okay? So then that's where you use, whether it's face-to-face town halls, whether it's um, uh, sort of more traditional comms that happens, but you, you, ex- you magnify the voice of those individuals. So rather than it being an exec saying, isn't it wonderful what we're achieving? Yes, that's important, but actually it's being driven by that, those people on, on the ground. And that's where I've seen it most effective. Um, I also sort of feel like sometimes comms people have too much of a voice in this journey. Uh, and I'm talking about multiple organizations here. People who are professionally trained on how to do communications sometimes try to simplify it down so much the value is lost uh because they're all about oh we've only got like the the snippet you've only got uh, a 15 second ad spot to be able to tell the story of what's happening or you've only got uh, an edm that has a paragraph that can talk about this of a certain size yes it's important to make sure that you're not waffling in your comms but it's important to also not get um influenced by professional comms people to that mutes the actual value and message of what's being said by the people on the ground. And that's sort of what I've learned as well. So I'm, I'm always a pushback when it comes to people telling me um, how to communicate this. I always try and work with the teams on that. Yeah, great. Um, I, th- I think that's a, that's a very valid point. Like you, you want a strategy that everybody understands. And you want to that to be clearly communicated, but you don't want it. You don't want it to be. Oh, this will be really easy because we're simplifying it down so much. You want people to understand that. I guess the the challenge and the severity of what you're trying to achieve um, at the same time. And um, Nandi, I noticed you were listening incredibly intently um, during that. So I'm keen to hear your thoughts. Um, I'll start with two points which I'm observing uh, increasingly, Lewis. Um, I think your past friendship and five years relationship with Vinny is kind of driving this way. You are giving him the first opportunity to speak every time. No, I'm just kidding on that. That's a good thing. Uh, The other thing which I would want to point out would also be, um, Sheena, I just don't want to give you the names of mainframe and previous uh, technologies where I've worked in. Uh, kinds of kind of gives in uh, my age. Uh, I'd still like to think I'm in the early teens, but I'll take the question now. Uh, look, um, when I deconstruct or decompose the uh, the question uh, or the idea which Sheena's trying to propose here, I think uh, strategy and the communication of the strategy is a make or break for a transformation. The reason is lots of people jump into the journey without even knowing what it is, you know, oh, there's a car moving, let's jump into it. And then, oh, I'm not supposed to go there. It's a wrong place, I'm wrong destination, okay? So from my perspective, you need to do due diligence uh, with the strategy. Uh, Lots of time, uh, you know, you can go and uh, understand different parts of your organization where the problem area are, you know, simple things like 
um, when I was working for a superannuation uh, company, the biggest challenge was uh, data entry from a line one support into our mobile or uh, website devices, you know. And it was just a simple tweak we could, we could have actually used in a strategy to support that. Two big transformations of, you know, data warehouse and all the other changes. So I think the role of strategy plays a big uh, sustenance and motivation factor for a transformation, okay? Uh, the second thing which I've seen is resistance. If you are not uh, socializing the strategy and marrying most of it, you can't marry everybody, right? Most of the people, then, you know, there's lots of difficulties in going through a transformation. Even people at the leadership or even people at a more hands-on uh, doing uh, stage or doing team members, they would always push back if they're not convinced. What I like to do is understand why, uh, uh, you know, why uh, the resistance. Because for me, resistance is good, you know. Even a knife needs resistance to remain sharpened, you know. That's how you can keep the knife, uh, you know, really, really sharp. So understand on the resistance, then try and find out, uh, you know, how we can support the resistance and turn them into motivating factors of working. And now there are different ways of doing transformation, right? And uh, we've done that. Uh, it can be business transformation. It can be enterprise transformation. It can be technology transformation. It can be just ways of working transformation, lots of different transformations. What we try with transformation basically is how are we changing lives? How are we making it easier for people to do their work, right? And that's where I mean that have a short, succinct link, you know, steps. It's, you know, it's all about how you're incrementally tracking these. The first, uh, you know, keep a huge <clears throat> bucket list of everything and anything under the sun you want to change and then start prioritizing. What's the biggest and the most effective thing? And give that choice to people that, you know, okay, in your area, if you have only one thing that you can change, what would that be? So get the top items from each of the area and slowly start affecting. And when you go and tell them, how would you tell them that you finished? You know, there are lots of ways. You know, Vini hit the nail when he talked about town halls and, uh, you know, showcases. What we've done and who are presenting that. Uh, you know, monthly showcases. It's it's all about how you are communicating. Fall, you know, we say drink your own champagne. If you are trying in an incremental way, then you plan and deliver your transformation incrementally. And like all processes, you start with something. At the end, you take stock of what you've achieved. And then you show it to people. Call it a showcase. Call it a sprint review or whatever. And show it how you've done what in the sprint and what you've done. So... You're telling your first layer of customers or first layer of stakeholders or keen people who are looking at the transformation saying, you know what, this is what we started, this is what we've delivered, and this is what we're aiming for future. Share your success, but most importantly for me, share your losses or share your um, you know, failures as well. Why? Because that makes you human. You know, that you know, I've always seen a people, I don't want to use those choiced words, but a lot of my team members come, ah, here comes a transformation specialist who knows it all. Don't make them feel that you are, you know, better than them or you know everything. Just tell them, guys, we need your help. We are trying to come and implement stuff. Uh, and we've done this before, but here it might happen in a different way. So that's the reason we want to co-design. You know, that's what brings people together, trying and co-designing together because, you know, they know their systems better in each organization. You know, do these monthly showcases and then bring in town halls where leaders will start, you know, leaders can become the, uh, you know, the bucket and the placeholders to introduce this is what we are doing. But the teams and the people who are driving those comes and tells their experiences, you know, and that marries up the whole organization top down, bottom up, you know. And, and, and sometimes I've seen what works for a lot of teams is visualization. Uh, you know, a lot of times we learn or we learn better through visualization. We read. And if we see a picture which aligns to what we are reading, it captures our memory better or it captures our psychology better. So I have often done this in the past. I've mentioned this is our current state through a visualization infographic way. And I've also mentioned this is where the target state is. This is where we want the utopian world. 
and would be question mark on top and we even reached there but then i've in between that current and target state i've made visualizations of what we can achieve incrementally okay then define them make them uh, you know break it down in a way where you know how we can achieve those and celebrate those every time we go through town halls even a simple coffee you know i mean it's good though i don't like coffee after 5 o'clock and should change for a different kind of beverage but you know that's what i'm saying uh, celebrate with your team um it's it's a big motivation okay and again i would not stop emphasizing the fact that get continuous feedback you know uh what happens is anytime you see that uh, uh you know your transformation is fizzling out try to understand why it's happening you know and then pivot uh and the only thing since you are saying it's a change transformation is a change be prepared as transformation agent or change agent that you've started with something and you've got a final um you know this is where i want to achieve at the end don't become in a fixed mindset where you're saying no no i'm not going to check in uh, you know i'm not going to course correct in between this is what my uh plan was initially and i would go there in that journey of transformation your final state might be a little different or might be a lot different from what you started out with and that's okay because you're emerging with the problems or with the issues that are emerging as well so in a nutshell that's what uh, you know invest in the strategy communicate properly have proper uh, you know finish line with proper intermediate lines use visualization as a powerful tool and you know get continuous feedback hello of course may i just add one more thing is that okay please um so i was reflecting um thinking andy that was awesome i was just reflecting on what vinny was saying about fancy comps <laughs> i actually agree with you vinny i i i don't think particularly in the type of deployments and development life cycles and the lessons that we've learned over time about transforming but in any project work um you know as business leaders and i know certainly i know i've sponsored programs i'm a business sponsor of programs of work it is important for us and i'm going to speak from the leadership sense right um we're talking about communicating overall but i think that as business leaders it's really important for us to know that story and not to force our teams to simplify it i i think that you know this business of can you just please give me three sentences for a board paper i i actually quite frankly i'm a little bit I I think as a leader you should be able to speak to that work that you're sponsoring that transformation that the organization is going on it's our strategy it's our why and so we should be able to understand and speak to that um and, and I love you know what you called out about giving a voice to the teams um so I'm a big I I saw this I have seen this done in a couple of organizations um I'm a I I love this idea of visualizing the work and inviting all your leaders who are sponsors and owners of that work to come and be part of you know whatever the fortnightly stand up whatever that cadence is so that it's not just about tada here's the work at the end and let's write a flash, flashy brochure about it but it's about understanding the journey that the teams have gone and the the method by which they've gone to solve those problems you know some of the different failures and learnings that they've had along the way so for me I think that we have got to be involved yes not not intimately involved in understanding all of the low levels of things that need to be done but having a reasonable understanding so you can speak to it explain it and communicate it with that knowledge and that depth of the complexity that it takes to get there and i think i think that kind of re- the, I, i love the fact you've built on the others opinions there and kind of rounded that out um i also absolutely loved something um that you said nandy uh, earlier in there about understanding where you want to go and um, you know if we take out the fact that i have definitely been guilty of getting in the wrong car going in a direction that i was unaware of if we take that part out and um, you know i've seen I, i've definitely seen it in organizations where that you get a little bit of you know almost fomo or jealousy when a, another part of an organization is going through a transformation and organizations get kind of caught up in the idea that somebody else is transforming something so if they're doing it we we need to do it without really any idea of the why um or where they want to go with that transformation uh, it, i think 
you know, you guys will have all seen this. This is typically larger organizations where that's the case. And you have just suddenly multiple pockets of the business going on different transformations, some which might even overlap, not talking to each other just because they want to be involved in kind of the new thing or the trend that, that other people are going through. So it's, um yeah, it's, it's a very interesting one. I, I really like that point. Um, our final question was one that Vinny posed. Um, and it was, how do you ensure that transformation is sustainable beyond ways of working specifically when it comes to tech changes needed to ensure improvements in cycle time for delivery is sustainable and so Vinny do you want to give some background on that one before we dive into the other guys yeah absolutely so I think um it's sort of rooted in experience uh that um sometimes there are necessary evangelists within the organization who uh, you need on your side to be successful. And sometimes those evangelists are not always within the tech world. And they're generally like a, there's business leaders who are looking to drive collaboration in the way teams work together across functionally to get outcomes, put a customer focus on things. And um, there's a lot of focus on um, changing ways of working. So how do we uh, break the silos down? How do we improve the way that the teams uh, um, um, uh, cooperate on problem solving, um, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a lot of where um, I'm going to say evolution starts. So it starts from there. Um, the challenge that I've seen in the past, though, is that, um, especially in organizations that have complex tech landscapes, too often that's ignored. So, so, so too often there is a focus on changing the ways of working, um, uh, but not enough of a focus and sales pitch on what's required in order to enable um, agility, true business agility as you move forward. Um, and I use the word business agility in particular. So um, what I w- the question I'm posing around is like, how do you ensure that both sides of that coin are are uh, sold to the right people, not just the people in the teams, but also the exec and, and so on and around investment for that? Um, and yeah, so h- how do you approach that? And I've got a view on that, but I, rather than jumping ahead and saying anything, because I don't want to be hogging the microphone, I'll, 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 I'll sort of pass back to the group if someone else wants to answer that first. And I'll, um, I'll throw this one over to Nandy first. And I promise it's not just because he called me out for for not doing so on the last question. <laughs> oh, I knew you would do that course correction too. You know, that's what uh, transformation is. You've just shown transformation so quickly in the last 10, 10 minutes, right? <laughs> so, look, uh, you know, everybody's got a view to um, that's what makes us different individuals, right? Um, it's a very interesting um and a challenging question winning, you know. And lots of times I've seen things happening the other way. You know, you've been mentioning that ways of working, stop, don't go into deeper, you know, tech transformation or sustainable tech. I've seen it the other way, actually. Quite a lot of times when we do downstream transformation, improve the tech stack, get it to the next level, cloud, whatever. And don't care about ways of working. That's easy that we can do and it never happens. So... Firstly, I try to understand how deep you want to go in your transformation journey. Okay, What outcomes you want to achieve. Set the scene with your sponsor. I mean, I've tried that before. Uh, you know, I've set the scene with the people who want the transformation. And then once that's, you know, properly executed in terms of this is how and this is where we want transformation to happen with, uh, you know, the, the what, the why, both marrying together. Then we make people aware that, you know what, to do this end-to-end transformation, it has to touch, you know, if you want to do business transformation or business agility, it has to, uh, uh, you know, touch operations, it has to touch technology, it has to touch marketing. And that's what we did, um, you know, previous, in my previous organization, uh, uh, a superannuation company. Uh, We started with technology transformation and then... After a certain point, we started getting stagnant. And then we went ahead and told that, look, if you want deeper transformation, more efficiency, reducing cycle time, it has to go beyond technology. It has to go to business process improvement. It has to go uh, in how differently we are uh, dealing with our customer complaints. You know, it's an end-to-end journey where, you know, it it would be multi-year, but you would be able to get that understanding of how we can improve. And it doesn't stop in any place. You know, it starts at a certain point 
and it continues till you are happy with it you know um i always have uh, something called as a ci wall for my teams a continuous improvement wall uh and every time you it's like the what and what's done every time you come across an issue just keep chucking your stickies or now in the modern world post covid world you have digital walls where you just keep adding to your backlog saying you know these are issues which i'm uh finding how can we make it easier simpler okay uh, i have also loved something which is called growth mindset okay in your organization if you do not have that growth mindset which is you know be transparent be open and be ready to perform time boxed experiments okay some experiments go so deep and so long that you forget that it was an experiment you almost feel that it was an actual technical build so time box your uh, experimentation and then the final thing which i do is practice 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 and make it part of your muscle memory you know for you to um sustain beyond ways of working how would you actually uh, in a change it's the mindset how you are thinking about how you are changing your way of thinking into putting efficiency end to end that's the first thing um second thing is how you are helping others in the journey so that you are pushing and they are stopping that doesn't happen everybody is in the same smooth flow so taking them change management and taking them on the journey and finally you know um, everybody loves uh, efficiency how you are sharing your efficiency of uh, your team of your business unit of your division and how you are you know continuously changing that and moving in the right direction you know that's how i feel you can sustain and build uh, your uh, transformation journey and make it stick thanks nandy um shane there was lots of nodding and agreement there from you so <laughs> do you want to jump in Yeah, Benny, I uh I um I think this is a really big um question. Like it's got probably a couple of different elements to it and I'm looking forward to hearing your views actually to see a little bit of insight into where that question has come from. So I I'll, I'll I'll try and um put a lens on it. I don't think I'll answer the whole question, but let's see if we can build on the story. For me firstly, you know, um understanding the change I think is important to understand it from an architectural lens. Uh and the reason why I say that is it's back to that scene setting. You know, architecture helps draw out the story, right? And you know, the interesting thing in in a lot of architectures is it's the unseen things. So if you're building a house, it's the pipes, it's the gas, it's the things that you don't see need to surface up. Um and so for me, you know, looking at that from both a organizational lens, a customer lens and a technology lens and I'll have an example on that. You know, often um you know, we went through this phase where in customer or human centered design, we only looked at the customer experience, right? And we we looked at how that experience could be optimized and how we could improve engagement. But but where we tended to impact the organization was we didn't look at the servicing layer. And so what ended up happening is in the process of, you know, evolving, transforming this customer layer, we created friction in the servicing layer, right? Because that we didn't look at how we needed to transform that or evolve that to enable this experience. So suddenly we pushed the problem down into a different part of the business. And so whilst we were getting this really lovely customer engagement, um uh you know um an experienced data points what we were finding was that actually the cost to serve was actually going up we hadn't actually done a lot of work in that space so for me you know first and foremost is to look at it from that architecture lens to see yes i'm looking at the customer layer but if i had to play it and have a flow on effect of the decisions i'm making here and i'm talking about informed decisions what is that impact that it has on the servicing layer the organizational layer which you know includes things like technology compliance risk right so for me that would be probably my first lens into this my second one is teams and i think um you probably set the scene or the context on this vinny earlier i don't think there's such a thing as a technology project. Yes, there are technical problems we are trying to solve, but I think there are business technology programs of work or solutions or or initiatives or activities, right? And so I feel like the team should come together and figure out 
how they're going to work together to solve that problem. Um, so it's not just a business team doing something and handing it over to a tech team or a tech team doing something and then, you know, going off. I feel like we need to bring the people that are going to come together and solve this problem and also empower them to figure out their way of working. So, for example, you know, a definition of done by, let's say, a technology team doing a particular thing may be very different to the business or uh, uh, business team's definition of done or a business team's definition of ways of working. So for me, it's bringing all of the people, if I forget whether if I if we remove ourselves from it's a tech person or a, you know, uh, I don't know, a person from operations, it's who are all of the people that we need, right, to contribute to, to solve this problem? And can we empower them to inform us of how they're going to come together and solve this problem? Because often it's also made up of partners as well. Um, and help them define the process of working to solve it. And I think that that becomes a lot more sustainable. Um, and then and then having accountability around that, right? There's accountability. And my third one, and I don't know, Vinny, I'd be keen to hear uh, your view on this, is this idea of sustainability in operations. So that, so for me, I, I have the operational arm of the, so I've got the run of the plan and the build, if we were to just simplify it in those terms. And often I think when things end up in a plan and build world, they kind of, people make decisions there that have consequences on operations. So this idea of, you know, DevOps or the operational arm of the business, having a critical view and understanding about what they're inheriting. Um, and so, you know, we often make decisions and then we walk away. So anybody who's involved that has to hand it. So for me, real sustainability in transformation is also having a true understanding about how this will be operated and involved through the organization once those who are have a moment in time participation walk away from it. So that transition to BAU and that sustainability element is really important. And that that, that for me also applies if it's a digital full stack team, it applies if it's a business process transformation. You know, sometimes business makes a tech decision and they say, oh, but there's no integration. But then suddenly you realize there's onboarding and there's offboarding. And there's, you know, so there's all these other elements, there's training, right? So how is the decision that that team is making impacting on the ongoing sustainability and maintenance and evolution of whatever that outcome is? Yeah, I agree. I'm going to build on that, Lewis. Yeah, I was going to say, you obviously expressed a, a view and an opinion on this. Well, sorry, with the, you you said you had a view and an opinion on this. Yeah. Start, uh, without expressing it. So please, go ahead, can you hear your thoughts? Yeah, so I think there's a couple of points to pick up on and I'll go deeper on them. So from Nandi's perspective, I agree. It's getting um, getting a business sponsor that understand, to get them to understand the challenge that this poses. So because, and that's not always easy because tech tend to frame things in like cloud transformation or uh, we're going to do X uplift or we're going to upgrade core banking to do whatever the case may be. So it's not always a great story that's told to a business stakeholder because their world exists across all these platforms and systems and really they're thinking about a product or a customer experience as you go forward. So uh, I think that definitely uh, part of uh, uh, definitely uh, anchoring on that. I'll come to Sheena's points in, in a second as, as I get towards the end of this. But um, what I found is that once you get that business sponsor on board, you've got to give them a metric that you're going to improve. Right. So, so what does it actually mean if we're going to invest in this tech stack change? And the reason that I found that is that um, it's unfortunately words are not enough. <laughs> in most organizations, especially publicly listed organizations, you generally have to show an ROI um, and that generally the ROI tends to have to hit the bottom line. Okay. That's, that's basically the way it goes. It's slightly different in unlisted organizations where you probably have more leeway and potentially more runway to allow you to, to drive that. So a place I worked in the past and I'm, I'm sort of trying to implement that in other places as well was they, they looked at an idea of this idea of lead and cycle time, which was okay from idea to definition of ready and definition of ready to definition of done. And you start looking and measuring that as to how long it's taking because time is money basically and time is money with that if you don't if you're spending too much time on getting one idea out 
you're not getting enough other ideas out, or etc., uh, etc. Et so um, you sort of measure that, and we use uh, tools within the organization to measure that. So we break down our our delivery lifecycle into stages, and then we measure the stages of those items. Back to your point on continuous improvement, we then start to show where are we spinning, where is the waste occurring, so what's happening. So some of the times it's not in tech, so actually a lot of the time it's actually ideation, where it's taking so long to get uh, the ideation complete that uh, it's compressing the time needed to be able to deliver the outcome, if you know what I mean. So, But you start to show business stakeholders where the pain points or where the waste is occurring and then back to your continuous improvement uh, view you take a, a ci approach to relentlessly looking at what is what can we do to improve or reduce that waste in each of those segments some of that will be uh, process some of it will be better collaboration but a lot of it will be pain points within your tech stack that are causing you to spin whether it's the way you dev the way you test the way that you ha you you sort of throw problems across the fence into the test world, the devs don't care what the quality is. The testers pick it up and put, try it, throw it back and forward. Um, you've got um, challenges around environments, what, whatever the case may be. So we've started to measure and look at one of those pain points, and then back to your team point, Sheena. We've then set the teams up around solving those problems. So, but the outcome is you need to provide a business justification. So if you're going to do this you're either going to increase the number of things, widgets we get out with the same money, or sometimes we're going to have less cost. We're going to need less people. You're going, we, we, we are going to automate or whatever the case may be. So we shouldn't shy away from the fact that we are businesses and we do need to sometimes look at the bottom line as part of that. So, um, and that's the investment case. So you have to keep showing how that cycle time and lead time is improving, but also, in a way, put up or shut up. Because sometimes you need to say to the business, they want faster, but when you show them the cost of doing faster, maybe faster is not needed. You know what I mean? Because you're not like, are you a, a fast follower? Is, is a fast follower okay in the industry that you're in? That you're okay, you're not willing to invest the millions in on picking your tech stack or improving what you need to do because your, your competitive environment means you don't really have to. You haven't got a lot of competitors. You've got a bit more time you're in a competitive market you may want to invest in that so that's the way we've approached that and then structuring engineering around that's really important so we then set up uh, a view of where when we know what the cycle time and lead time um uh, particularly in cycle time which is idea to definition of definition of done we then look at okay well let's structure the pain points around particular verticals so testing environments dev um, uh, releasing, and then we created some column chapters, some column community of practice, whatever the case may be, get them to look at what are the things you're going to do to improve that, and then report back in a sprint model. Um, we, I like a, a, a particular uh, CI methodology, Andy, which is called plan, do, check, act. So uh, so what what are you going to do, um, et cetera, et cetera. So you play back at the end of it, and you say, I've done this, I found this, let's go on further. But you do need to sign up to business benefits. So at the end of the year, you have to show that you've delivered a cost out of that. So that, that's where I've come from. But I liked what you said, uh, Sheena, about the, getting the teams involved in that. I think that's really, really important. Um, I like the idea of the continuous improvement, Nandi, of bringing that in um, and making sure that that's a, 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 a usable, a reusable methodology to allow you to focus on on driving those those improvements. And back to your architecture route, Sheena, I think explaining the complexity of the architecture is really important because business stakeholders don't get it. They don't understand what you always get. Why is it so expensive? Why does it take so long? Surely this can be easier. And you go, well, it can be, but this is what this is. This is your current tech situation. This is what the future could look like. There's an investment required for this. What do you want to do? How do you want to move forward with this? So that's that's sort of the way that I approach it. So I'm just building on a few of the ideas from from my colleagues on the on the on the on the screen here. Can I just say I completely concur with you, Vinny. Um, I absolutely agree that you know, and I think this this is such a beautiful segue into where we started, which is that what right what what are we trying to achieve out of this and the value proposition that that drives for organizations? You know, as a business leader myself, I'm not investing in things that are not driving value, right? And value is also really important for prioritization. Now, that's not to say that investing in how our tech 
gets work done. CICD, you know, your continuous improvement, your automation, those are still value propositions. Those are value-based um, developments that should be done to support the business's lead time, right? And to support enabling the organization to deliver value. So I think that you, having a technology strategy and investing in the foundations of that technology strategy are equally as important in order to enable business outcomes. So I'm completely in agreement with um, everything you've said. Yeah, look, I, I get the impression, guys, just off, off those three questions we've gone through. We could probably sit here and talk about this all day. It wouldn't be overly practical for anybody's diary. But <laughs> um, I love the fact that there's a few common themes as well. Right? And this tends to be the case on, on any topic we talk about on this podcast series is that you know, it boils it down at the end of the day to, to people. Um, you know, that's been a consistent theme throughout this. How do people communicate? How do people buy in? You know, what approach do people take? Um, you know, if you boil it down to its absolute most basic element, it's how, how do you take people on a journey? And I love that. And I, and I love the way, um, you know, that the three of you have answered all those questions as well. So thank you so much. Um, before we end the the podcast today, I just want to say again, thank you so much to all of you for for sharing your thoughts on the on this conversation on this topic. And once again, for our listeners, today's uh, guests on the podcast have been Sheena Peters from Sisu Health. We've had Vinnie Dempsey from Bank of Queensland, and we've had Nabar and Nandy from Pickers Auctions. Uh, if you are about to undergo or in the midst of a transformation journey or want to speak about anything similar, whether it's hiring for project roles in this space, whether it's looking for a new role in this space, or you'd be interested in being part of a similar conversation in the future on our podcast, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. I'm Lewis Burks. You can find me on LinkedIn as well as a link to our full series of podcasts. And thank you again to all of our guests. Thank you to all our listeners. And we hope you can join us again next time on the Evolution Exchange Australia podcast. Thank you.